What's up, everybody? This is Nick from the MMA Breakdown, and I'm here to discuss with you uh, the Bellator card that's coming up this weekend. Um, Yoel Romero versus Phil Davis. There's not a lot I really want to talk about on this card. If you look at the lines on this card, you can tell it's this kind of a stereotypical Bellator card where there's a lot of cherry-picked opponents. Whenever I'm talking about MMA and I start seeing lines crazy like minus 700, minus 800, minus 900, there's not a lot to say about those lines, right? Like people are convinced that these guys are going to win. You know, you got that 1% that's going to throw money at a dog because at a plus 800, why would you not throw a dollar on that? But at the end of the day, it's just, I have an issue with the way Bellator does their fights like that because, you know, they're cherry-picked. They kind of take the boxing route on this where they like to build up their fighters, you know. So they'll feed them a, uh, feed them a bunch of tomato cans, not for lack of a better term, and that's how they're going to build them up. That's how you see a lot of guys in Bellator with really impressive, uh, really impressive sorry, records because they don't really have the skill of competition like they're fighting guys that you know are four and four six and eight you know they're just you know essentially journeyman 500 fighters as we like to say in the mma world but um there's a couple intriguing fights on this and obviously with the main event that is a good place to start so let's get into it in the main event you got uel romero versus phil davis now this is not the fight we wanted we all wanted uel romero versus anthony johnson but unfortunately uel romero had to pull out and, um, or sorry, um, and we ended up with this, uh, Yoel Romero versus Phil Davis. It's not the worst fight in the world. It's just, it's not one that really, you know, screams excitement. Like we look at Phil Davis, Phil Davis has been around the game for a long time. He's been doing the damn thing, but he's, he's not the most exciting fighter, you know, he likes to throw punches, likes to throw kicks, but he's not really a striker. Like, he's going to use those things to get inside the range, and he's going to shoot for a takedown. And unfortunately, he's play, uh, facing a guy that hits like a Mack truck. So, what you got to look at in this fight is that how is UL going to respond? You know, because we've seen it before with UL Romero, that he's relatively gun shy. And that's kind of an issue that you can always run into. Like, I love UL Romero to death been following the guy for years he's just kind of a tough bet like you don't really know where he's gonna go you know is he gonna come out and flying knee like he did with chris weidman or are we gonna have a repeat of the israel adesanya fight where he kind of just threw a kick here and there and threw a punch and put his hands down and it just it wasn't really overly eventful so it, he's kind of a hard guy to read that being said you know um as as much as I'd like to pick Phil Davis in this fight because I'm kind of shitting on UL a little bit, I cannot. I think it's pretty clear that um, Bellator is going to want to hype UL Romero, and I feel like there's a lot of money to be made in UL. So hopefully that gives him enough to actually throw a punch or two. The way I see this fight going is Phil Davis is going to try and push the pace. He's going to try and wrestle. It's probably not going to happen. If anybody knows anything about the pyramid in Cuba and the way they schedule their sports, it is pretty scary. She'll look into it. It's not for me to talk about on this podcast, but Yoel Romero has been through the ringer. 
and he is an amazing wrestler. You don't see him much, obviously, because when he cuts to middleweight, he um, he doesn't really have the gas tank with all that uh, with all that muscle to be able to chain wrestle. But at two hundred five, I think you may be able to see more of it. And whenever you're fighting a wrestler, that's gonna give Phil Davis problems. Like I think at two hundred five, you have Romero. You know, I think that's a scary thing. So. Um, I could see this going as Phil Davis is going to come in and try and shoot, and he's probably going to get clipped. Like, I don't think he's faced a guy that hits like Joel Romero. So, who am I against? Joel Romero, KO, and yeah. Now, in the co-main event, we have Neiman Gracie versus Mark Leminger. Um, hopefully, I'm saying that right. Now, you hear the last name Gracie, you automatically know what to expect. Um, you're going to come out and the guy's going to want to wrestle and he's going to want to grapple. It's pretty straightforward. Name Gracie means jiu-jitsu. This is how this thing started. It is how this thing is going to end. Um, unfortunately for Mark Leminger, he is he kind of fights a similar style. You know, He's got a couple wins by KOs, a couple wins by sub. He's got decent hands. Pretty athletic dude. Um, has looked great, but this is... This is one of these things, like, this is kind of what I was uh, referring to earlier, where it's a little bit of a showcase fight, you know. The way they stylistically match this up, like, if they wanted to give Neiman Gracie a hard fight, they would have put him against somebody who's got elite striking, you know, good ground game. Mark Leminger, he doesn't really have that, unfortunately. So, you know, and the fact that he actually prefers to be on the mat makes this even more difficult. Because whenever you're going up against a Gracie, the last place you want to be is on the mat. Um, he's got good kicks, he's got good punches, but once again, like he's a very basic fighter in the sense where he's not, he doesn't seem overly comfortable on the feet. So his last win, he meet, uh, his last win, sorry, he beat Demarcus Jackson by punches around two. So it was an impressive win on his, but he lost to Joel Willis prior to that. Yar, I'm gonna. Yarsilov Amosov, which is, once again, this guy's a beast, so that is no, that is no other thing bad on him. Um, but as for Neiman Gracie, like, you know, they say st uh, strength, of, strength of schedule is important. And you look at it, although he lost his last fight to Jason Jackson, who, once again, like, this guy's a beast. Like, how can you be mad about that? Like... Jason Jackson is one of the best that Bellator has to offer. So, for Neiman Gracie, that is not a bad thing. He beat John Fitch, who is an excellent wrestler. We all saw what he did in the UFC. He may be a little bit later in his uh, career. But still, score a heel hook is good. He lost to Roy McDonald, once again, UFC vet. But then he beat Ed Ruth, who was one of the biggest up-and-coming wrestlers that Bellator has to offer. To me, there's only one way to play this Fight. You're going to bet Neiman Gracie by sub. That being said, I don't think you're going to get a lot of value on there. Let me just pull this one up quickly while I have it in front of me. So, but that's the thing. Like, with the Gracies, like, it is what it is. You know, you're getting a Gracie fight. And I kind of wish they matched him up with somebody. But who knows? Maybe I'll eat my words. You know, like, the lines actually aren't as far off as I thought they would be on this. So, I can't really... I can't really be mad about that. All right, let's see. Let's see what we got here. For Neiman Gracie, we got 136 versus uh, underdog at 
310. Now, you guys may not understand what I'm saying when I say this. I use decimals. I'm Canadian. It is one thing that I like. So, if that doesn't make sense to you, just do a little conversion and you will figure it out. Now, Gracie to win by submission is plus 205. That's, that's where you should go with this. Because, to be honest, if he doesn't win by submission i don't actually know if he wins this because once again like it's not like his offensive wrestling is really the greatest in the world and he's facing a guy who's got a wrestling background so if he's not scoring a submission he may actually lose this fight by decision so that's two ways to go about that and yeah hopefully you enjoy the breakdown of this one we're going to move on into the next one in the next fight we've got Alejandra Lara versus Deanna Bennett. Now, you know, a lot of people are going to look at this fight. They're going to look at Deanna Bennett. They're going to see a 10 and 7 record. But that being said, Alejandra Lara has a 9 and 4 record. The betting odds are with Alejandra being a slight favorite at minus 170. And Deanna Bennett being a plus 45 slight underdog. I'll be honest, I'm not too familiar with either, either one of their fighters. They both seem like grapplers. Alexandra seems like she has clean punching on the feet. The one thing that stands out to me about this fight is the strength of schedule. And if you don't know what that means, it means pretty much the level of competition each person has faced. Now, whenever I look at Deanna Bennett, she doesn't have the greatest record. Once again, 10-7. and 7. She's almost a 500 fighter. But just listen to this. She fought Liz Carmouche, Miranda Maverick. Uh, Miranda Ravick again, who she has a win over. She fought uh, Sajara Eubanks. She's fought Roxanne Martiferi. She look at this girl, and they say, ah, you know, like, I, I'm not too sure. But she has fought the best of the best that the women has to offer. You look at Alexandra Lara, you know, she's got losses to Canada wannabe. You know, Juliana Velasquez, which is... A very good fighter as well. Um, she has a belter loss to Elima Lee McFarlane. You know, so you listen to these names, and once again, like, this is just the strength schedule thing. You know what I mean? You got to look at level of competitions whenever you look at this. Um, this is a fight, though, that honestly I'd personally stay away from. They both have pretty similar styles, and I feel like they both kind of want to be on the mat. Um, if you look at <clears throat> excuse me Deanna Bennett she does have a fair bit of losses by submission but once again like these are losses to girls that are in the UFC look at Miranda Maverick right now she won her last fight despite what Macy Barber thinks she didn't win that fight so you know Miranda Maverick's moving up she has a win over her, although she lost the second fight to her that's nothing to be ashamed of so in this fight this is one that I would stay away from if I was gonna bet on it I would probably bet that it doesn't go the distance both these girls seem like they like to finish their fights they both have a good submission ground game so i feel like this fight takes place on the ground and i feel like one of them will end up robbing up a submission so i'm gonna lean slightly with alexandra lara although i just hyped up deanna bennett but just she it's just she seems to be more on the up and up and you know but once again, like I wouldn't be surprised if this thing goes either way if you want to put money on it. You know, bet the fight doesn't go the distance. I think there's a probable chance that somebody gets subbed in this. All right, moving on. In the next fight, we have Saul Rogers versus uh, Georgie 
Karkahinian? I promise that I butcher that guy's name. And if you ever hear this, which you probably won't, I sincerely apologize. Uh, this is another one of these fights. If you look at both these guys' resumes, they both like to grapple. Um, both have decent striking. Both train at relatively decent gyms. You know, it's another one that's a little bit, it's a little tough to, a little tough to break down here. But um, I want to say I've been pretty high on Georgie for a long time. The guy's got a hell, hell of a resume. The guy's 31 and 11. That's 42 fights. It's insane. You know, he's riding a two-fight win streak right now. The thing is, he's 36 years old. You know, so he's near the end of his uh. Near the end of his career, and he does give up a little bit of reach here. But honestly, I still like him in this fight. I feel like once again, like this is gonna be one of these fights where it takes place on the ground. And I just see Georgie pulling off the submission. I think he's the stronger fighter. I think he's the better fighter. I don't think there's really an element of this fight where Saul is better. Now, people may disagree with me because the lines right now are even. So you know, it's, it's up to you to take your take on how you want to go about this one. I'm just going to give you my two cents on it. But I think Georgie is it's going to be somebody who's going to be a problem in Bellator. I said, the guy's got the resume. He's got the experience, you know. He's been around, you know. The guy puts in work. If you look at his last win, one by uh, triangle choke. You know, he's got another one by guillotine choke. Like, he's, he's a good guy on the ground, man. Like, the, the guy's no joke. So, you know, he beat... Yeah, Daniel Pineda. Sorry, once again, butchered his name. Another dude that's been in the UFC for a while. He's got a win over Bubba Jenkins, you know. He's got two wins over Bubba Jenkins, I should correct that. He's got a win over Lance Palmer. He's got a win over Dean Thomas. Like, if you look at these guys' names, like Horjuki Takenawa, like, these are these are big names, you know. So these are the types of things i got to look at. Like, whenever I'm looking at these breakdowns, you can't really find much on the guys. You know, like, this is this is one of these things that you really got to base these things off of. So, for this one, I'm going with Georgie by submission. But considering the uh, odds are even, taking them at the money line is a fairly good bet as well. All right, we're going to do one more, then we're going to just run down my picks here because I got to do kind of get out of here. Excuse me. So, in the next fight, we have Christian Edwards. Versus Ben Panesh. And this is one of these fights where I said, like, we're starting to get to the bottom of it where it's, you know, you're seeing guys with 5-0 records. Ben Panesh. Panesh. Don't know quite how this guy pronounces his last name. You know, he's 4-1. and That's that Christian's 5-0. and Like, it's one of these things where it, it gets a little bit more difficult to start running down this card, right? Because you look at it and it's like, hey, like, what what are these guys known for? You know, you got to dig deep. You got to find some tape on them. So... Now, this is one of these fights that I was talking about earlier, though, when I'm seeing just, like, the lines in Bellator, just, like, they don't... They make it really hard for anybody to get anything on it, right? So, let's look at this right now. You're looking at Christian Edwards as a minus 1,000 favorite. There is zero meat left on that bone, okay? There is nothing you can play on this. I can bet my house on this fight, and I'm not going to make money. So, th th that's the thing with Bellator. Like I said, like, they like to... They cherry-pick their opponents. Like, and even with Ben Pernashi's you know, it's not a bad fight either. Like, the guy's 4-1. and one. Like, it's not like he's a bad fighter. So, his last fight, he lost due to leg injury. That's, you know, shit happens. You know what I mean? Um, but, once again, you know, he's... 
this is this is where it gets a little dicey here, right? This is why the guy's a minus one thousand favorite. He beat Teddy Holder ten and five. Okay, not the worst record in the world. His other win is over Jordan Fowler one and one. His other win is over Lynn Bennett zero and four. And his first win is over Damian Melton, who is three and fourteen. Three and fourteen. <laughs> You know, so uh, how are you going to throw this guy in there, right? Now, you look at Christian Edwards, you know, he beat, yeah, it's a, a lot of the same, you know, he beat Simon Beyond, which is 7-1, so that was an impressive win, you know, Simon Beyond is actually a very decent fighter, um, Hazmat Salam, 5-3, Marco Hutch, 3-2, he beat Caesar, uh, Caesar Bennett, sorry, or just, yeah, sorry. He beat Caesar Bennett in his uh, first fight. You know, the guy was 0-0, but he had only one fight at a time. And then Justin Vargas, which is 3-1, you know. So, he's beating guys a little bit more on the up and up. Um, But, if you, from a betting perspective, please stay away from this fight. Anybody that's a minus 1,000, it's just not worth it. Because if you lose that bet, you're going to lose your house on it. Because that's what you're going to have to bet to make a dime on this. So, um, but unfortunately, I am running out of time here. So, I want to just really do a quick rundown where, where I'm at with the rest of the card. I have uh, Grand Deal winning by decision. I have Khalid Mastalevi. I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Look for the guy's name. It is Khalid. Um, I have him winning by decision. I have... Abraham Basadu winning by KO. Um, I have Bobby Scenario Scenario the third just money line. Shane Keefe just at the money line. You know, he's fighting a guy that's 0-2. Like what are you what are you gonna do? Um, I have Art Hernandez. And for the last two, like I just you know Stay away from these. You know, you got Edwin De Los Santos making his pro debut against John Adams, who is 0-1. And then for the last fight, uh, or the first fight of the night, I should say, you have Jesse Delangelo versus Joshua Dillon. And this one, I'm going to ride with Jesse. You know, the guy's, a great, the guy's a great wrestler. Still vastly unproven, but um, I'm riding with Jesse. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Unfortunately, this was kind of chopped together very quickly, so I apologize for the fact that it's uh, it, it's going to be a little bit rushed. It's going to be a little bit choppy, but you know, this is going to become a regular thing. And you know, this is the MMA breakdown. You got me and my boy Callum that were putting out breakdowns weekly as well. So there's a lot of things to come. So once again, I hope you guys enjoy this and follow the uh, the MMA breakdown. Follow the JBW Facebook group. We are a betting page. We do breakdowns on the regular. We got a group chat. So if you want to jump in there, man, like, you know, feel free. Shoot us your ideas. You know, let, feel included. You know what I mean? Like, we all make money. And that's the plan of this, right? We all want to make money. So if you got an idea, you got an abstract idea, shoot that shit. You know, let us know. Let's figure it out. Love y'all. Peace. Mm -hmm.